Are we getting close to like a bicentennial? <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of InfoSec Whiskey. I'm your host, Ushi, one of your hosts, um, Ushi. Uh, we've started a new thing on InfoSec Whiskey. We'll probably come up with a name for it sometime, but uh, basically, my favorite people are here with me, and we're going to start a bi-weekly um, episode of just a little bit of um, kind of what's going on in the world of cybersecurity, uh, a little bit about some booze, and um, just whatever fun stuff we end up coming up with. So um, we're going to go around the room and, and just kind of, uh, if you guys want to just say your name so and a, like a little bit about you, and then we're going to do kind of more uh, in-depth intros, but let's, we, I always like to start off by going around the room and just talking about our, our, our whiskeys. So, um, I am drinking tonight High West whiskey. They're American, American Prairie bourbon, and, um, it's delicious. If you guys have not tried it, I definitely recommend it. It is, um, kind of like a, I think it's like around like the 30 to $40 bottle range. Um, so it's a really nice mid shelf bourbon if you're looking for something new. But anyways, Nicole. All right. So Nicole Beckwith. Um, and I am drinking. Uh, I know for those folks who are watching this, you're going to laugh at me because I love bourbon. But this is the first time ever that I am drinking Basil Hayden's. I know you're all surprised, shocked. It's, I don't know if you can see that. You know what? But I just, actually don't think I've had that basil. Really? I've had a lot of Basil Hayden's. I don't think I've had just like the regular one and the like, like yeah. what you're drinking. It's just, it's the small batch one. So it's actually good. Um, I typically am just, uh, you know, an angel's envy or, um, but this is really nice and sweet. And I had to add in my, my little bullets for the, oh, those like your, um, cubes. like your whiskey. That's so cool. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. My I wish I had. <laughs> nice. What's going on with you, Nick? Well, um, I am Nick. You can find me on Twitter as the Box Swapper or Box Swapper. Um, I am a aircraft mechanic that fell backwards into cybersecurity. Still not sure how I got here, but I really enjoy it. Um, today, I am drinking a, a single malt whiskey that I've never had before called the Sexton. Wrote it up there. Nice. It's got a really nice little bottle. That is um, a very cool little bottle. For those who aren't looking at the video yet, it's like, what is it? Like a, a hexagon? Yeah. Octagon? <laughs> yes, hexagon. Yeah, yeah nice. I had to count the sides. Yeah, believe it or not. I didn't know right, right out. See, like I said, I'm a dumbass aircraft mechanic. Anyway, <laughs> so the, um, this is uh, 80 proof, 40% uh, I'll call by volume. And it is created by Alex Thomas, one of the female master blenders in the industry. Nice. They start with the best ingredients. I'm reading from the website. Wait, I'm going to read from the website. The Sexton <laughs> starts with the best ingredients using only unpeated Irish malted barley in the mash bill for a pure malt flavor. Distilled in copper pots, stills for exceptional smoothness. And then aged in formed Oloroso, I cannot say that word, sherry cask from Jerez, Spain, imparting uncommon complexity and richness of flavor. So this looks like it's going to be enjoyable. Uh, I look forward to it. And thank you for yeah. having me back on here. Are you kidding me? Your, your family, all of you, but like Nick, for those of you who haven't listened to any um, prior 
podcast. First off, what's wrong with you? But Nick has been my um, kind of my my partner in crime in a, in a ton of them, and uh, we'll probably be releasing the never before listened to episode of um, with John McAfee that that Nick and I did. We initially didn't release it because um, some of the things he said were wildly crazy. And um, with the pandemic and everything that was going on, we just felt like it wasn't um, the right time to release it. But yeah. So yeah, I'm so and happy also, that you're with us. Yeah, I'm happy to be back over here. And I want to say that because uh, I am just an alcoholic and not really concierge, you know, concierge or whatever. Uh, I just have a coffee mug, Robert Space Industries from Star Citizen. Um, yeah, so that's that's what I drink out of now. You know, it's funny because I'm going to send you both. I have um, in my in my Etsy thing, the glasses that we normally have. I didn't bring it up this time because I felt like I wanted us to all have them to drink together. So I'm drinking out of this glass that says, can today's mystery mouse, which will be whiskey. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, but yeah, I know that when I send Nick a glass, he's still going to drink out of his coffee cup because that's just... <laughs> That's so on brand for Nick. And then last, and but certainly not least. I'm Steve. I have yet to have any whiskey in my glass, but we will remedy that momentarily. Um, I enjoy learning, breaking things, and fixing things. And I've been doing it for a long time. I can confirm that. He has to fix our network a lot. So I didn't share what our... Um, <laughs> He's given me, he's given me the funny look. So I didn't share. So Steve and I are drinking the, um, this is from High West Distillery. I haven't tried a High West bourbon that I don't like. Um, they have a double rye that I also really, really like. Um, but everything that I've had from High West has just been amazing. I love their bottle too. It's very like kind of old schooly looking. It's got like lots and lots of bubbles in the glass, which I love. It just looks like something you would expect that they had on like a, covered wagon or something but what's interesting is that um so i'm going to read theirs real quick because i read this earlier and i just thought that it was really really cool so um this one where was it blah blah we want to okay so this one is made specifically because they wanted to raise awareness um of what they call one of the most fantastic projects of our time the american prairie reserve in northeastern montana um, so they said this is an amazing effort to assemble the largest wildlife reserve in the lower 48 states. When stepping onto the plains of the American Prairie Reserve, it's easy to imagine the landscape as Lewis and Clark and Native Americans saw it. With thundering herds of bison, racing bands of pronghorn antelope and prairie dog towns dotting the horizon. When complete, the reserve will be, will be approximately 5,000 square miles larger than Yellowstone, Yosemite, and Grand Teton National Parks combined. Um, so you can go to AmericanPrairie.org to learn how to uh, support that. So I just think that's really cool that they, um, that they are supporting that with their American Prairie bourbon, and it's delicious. Um, Steve got me a bottle in my... Um, in my stocking for Christmas, and it was very, very gone. So I had now, how was it that you said Tetons again? <laughs> Teton? What did I say? Tetons. How did I say? Did I, I say Tetons? I always say the Grand Tetons. I was I say, I, you know, it's funny. In my head, I thought Teton, but I said Teton. That's funny. I don't know. 
So um, just kind of a little background. I think we restarted this for those of you listening. So I apologize if I said that this already, but really it's me, so get used to it. So we're gonna do, um, we're gonna be doing this kind of bi-weekly podcast. Did I say this already during yeah, this did. iteration? No, oh, well then screw it. I won't say that. You guys will figure it out. Uh, considering so, how much, uh, and, and this is a shout out to our audience as well, considering how much of us have ADHD and I'm pretty sure most of our audience does, go ahead and say it again. We're more than happy to accept it. Right? Yeah, in case Squirrels. you missed it the first time, this is a new thing we're going to be doing. We, you guys, we got to come up with a name for us. Like whatever we're going to call this. The this Fabulous thing. Four. We are the Fabulous Four. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to ask Twitter. Not that yes. Fabulous Four isn't isn't fabulous. No, no. We need but... a better one. <laughs> but understand also... the crowd is where Bodie McBoatface came from, so. Yeah, be prepared. (laughs) That is true. We have a lot of cool stuff coming up though, too. Just um, InfoSec Whiskey in general. I I have already talked to Nicole and um, we are going to have a female. um, I've been wanting to do like a women in InfoSec um, type of thing. And the sexton, I think, might need to be our our whiskey. Um, I didn't realize that they had a female uh, distiller. So I think that's super super cool Mm -hmm. um so yeah we're definitely and i've never had it so like that'll be awesome to try we'll have to definitely definitely try that out i will say i did that totally on purpose um that was not a serendipitous mistake yeah yes it was intentional i'm writing that down so i don't forget because you know adhd (laughs) so all right so one of the things i thought would be fun is um for us to just kind of um tell a little bit about ourselves how we got into infosec where we came from and uh and just kind of how we know each other so that everybody kind of understands what our dynamic is all about (laughs) who wants to who wants to lead us off awesome i'll do it so um so most of you know that my, my real name is Ursula Cowan. Um, I do go by Ushi. It's what I prefer. Um, although it doesn't bother me if you call me Ursula, but um, Ushi was actually a nickname that I had when I was growing up. Uh, it is the German nickname for Ursula. And um, I just realized that I didn't have my, my computer's not plugged in and it's going to die in a minute. So um, that's t- typical for me as well um, to do weird things. So I, growing up, my nickname was Ushi, and when I was whatever age you go, I'm a big kid now, I decided I wanted to be called Ursula. Uh, My mom had called me Ushi loudly at the schoolyard one day when she came to pick me up, and I was super embarrassed because I thought that Ushi sounded like a little girl's name, and so I asked her to not call me that anymore, and then when I got to be about 20, I decided I missed that. It was a nickname, and I think nicknames are um, are cool when it's shared by people that you care about, so um, so I decided to go back to using that, and when I got onto Twitter where nobody knew me and nobody knew my name, I was like, I'm really going to get and use this name now because um, that's who I, I, I really do feel like that's who I am. So um, anyways, so that's a little background on my name. Um, my, my background is that I came from law enforcement. I actually was, um, I was actually an EMS before that. I was a firefighter paramedic for um, seven years. And then I decided for whatever reason that um, I needed to switch and get into law enforcement. Um, so I got into law enforcement, worked on the road for a while. Then I switched into working special victims crimes. Um, And then from there, I started working with the Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force. 
that's when I learned kind of like the actual, how the internet actually worked versus just being a, a tech user. Um, I grew up with a software engineer, so I grew up around computers, but um, I was too scared to try and tinker and take them apart. So, because, um, you know, they weren't like mine, mine. Um, so I really didn't get into all of the computer hacking, um, coding. I didn't get into any of that until much later in life. And, uh, and so once I got with Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force, um, that led me into learning more about forensics. And then when my agency's forensics person left, um, I got to fill that spot and got introduced to Nicole um, because she and I both went to um, a training together. Pardon me. Um, we went to a training together in, uh, in Alabama with the um, Secret Services National Computer Forensics Institute, I still have to always stop and like think that thing out. Um, so we actually got to spend five weeks together. Um, we were at the same hotel. We got our nails done. We got mani-pedis. Like we had the best time. We were the only two girls in class. And uh, and it was such a bonding experience, right? Like I'll, yes. yeah, I'll never, like Nicole will always have like you know, such a special place <laughs> in my heart because we got to know each other so well. And Nicole brought her dogs. So I really feel like, like Mala <laughs> is half my dog. Um, she, is. every time I see a picture of her, I'm like, I miss you. She misses <laughs> you. I think she's on the, yeah, she's sleeping on the floor back here. She's so sweet. There she is. She's <laughs> a little Pekingese for those that can't see her. She's brown. She's wonderful. She's like the sweetest thing. I remember she when, is. when we first met and I was like, this girl brought her dogs. That's brilliant. I'm like, I wish I had thought to bring my dog. Like it never entered my mind that I could have done that. And it was really awesome. I think for everybody, because everybody loved seeing the dogs come out and getting to pet them. And that was so much fun, but anyway, so yeah, so that's how Nicole and I met. And then from there, um, I ended up, uh, when I got pregnant with my bubs, decided to get out of law enforcement and, um, found a position as a SOC analyst. I had no idea what a SOC was, um, much less what they did, but I qualified. I had all of the qualifications, so I applied. And um, and they, <laughs> they apparently saw something in me. So did that for a couple of years. That was a lot of really awesome experience. And then I moved over to Mandiant, where I currently work as a threat research analyst. So that is me. That is awesome. Oh. And I remember when you were getting ready to transition from law enforcement to the SOC and you were like, you really think that I can do this? Because I had just transitioned myself. Yeah. And I was like, hell yes, you can. Let's go. Like you need to apply. Of course you can do it. You were, so. you were definitely a huge help to me, just both in getting into cybersecurity, finding um, training materials. And then just really, you're the reason that I was able to, to be accepted into the Twitter InfoSec community. I remember my first follow Friday and I was like, what the hell just happened to my mentions? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was a lot of fun. Well, well since, thank you. since it's me and you talk, well, and you know, and before I, before I move it over to you, I just wanted to say, I've said this to you before and I'm going to say it again. Um, I think number one, I think you're amazing. And you have been one of the biggest inspirations to me because you did, you made the leap before I did. 
And I, you know, we've been friends and Facebook friends, and I get to see kind of like how your career has, has grown and blossomed. And like, I'm so, um, I'm just so proud of you and so inspired by you. Oh, thank you. Don't make me cry. Steve, now I'm worried because my story is going to be garbage. (laughs) (laughs) No, Nicole, why don't you tell everybody where you came from? (laughs) So, um, same kind of background. Uh, So, I I first started out, I've been a nerd ever since I was little. Um, My first computer was a Tandy 1000 from Radio Shack. So, I'm really dating myself here. Um, I was so jealous. I wanted that. Oh, my goodness. I loved it. And um, to my dad's dismay, he came into my room one day and the thing was like torn apart. And like, luckily, I was able to put it back together with um, very few screws left over. So uh, that was good. Um, But so have been tinkering ever since I was little. And then you know, always wanted to go into law enforcement. Uh, but my father was like, you know what? Um, I, I no daughter of mine is going to go into law enforcement. You need to go to college. Like, I don't approve of that. Uh, so go, go to college. And so I switched gears and went to college, uh, for graphic design and web design. So, um, really artsy and, uh, you know, did that and did, all, you know, graphic design, web design for years, Um, went to work for L3 Communications. And that's when I really started like seeing like IT and, you know, the military aspect of it and defense contractor. And, um, you know, I wrote uh, it, one of the first like what not to do on social media guides, because I had, you know, listened to some of my coworkers talk about like what they were chatting about on Facebook Messenger and was like, you can't do that. (laughs) So that really got me interested in cybersecurity. And um, later on in life, I transitioned to law enforcement from there, like because of my computer background, just started taking all the computer crimes cases. And uh, then the Secret Service, you know, said, hey, why don't you come work for our task force? And then they shift me off to sunny, tropical Hoover, Alabama with you. And uh, you went through all the Forensics Institute courses over roughly, I don't know, 18 months um, off and on. So I went through a lot of their courses there and then transitioned from law enforcement um, when I got pregnant with Kinsey. So much like you, it's like, you know what? I can't be kicking in doors and doing all the crazy crap that I'm doing right now. So I uh, decided to go into the private sector and that's when I went to GE Aviation. Um, in their threat intelligence and absolutely loved it there. Um, You know, it's, uh, that is like near and dear to my heart. I love forensics, but threat intelligence is like where I love to, to play. And I then transitioned from GE. I now work as an advanced security engineer uh, for Kroger, the Kroger company. And that has been such a learning experience. So I'm on the tools and automation team. So really working with, you know, the SEM, the SOAR, our TIP, and like automating all the things, right, um, for our SOC and working directly with our SOC team. So it's been a blast there. But that's kind of me in a nutshell. That's so cool. So when you said, um, when you said L3, like L3, like now they are L3 Harris? Yeah. 
Oh, it was L3 so communications funny. back in the day. Yep. Now L3 Harris. So I, and I was, I was in the socket Harris. Yeah. So that's so funny. Like that now they're together. That's right. funny. L3 Harris. Oh my gosh. To law well, I was going to say chances are real it's good. Like, also that policy that you wrote about uh, social media that probably ended up in some of our uh, stuff in the military as well for the do nots. Cause I know we buy those things from companies like L3. So Chances are real good. I had a good, I had to distribute your stuff as well as a cybersecurity liaison. That would be cool. Well, that's so crazy. I, um, I bet we know a bunch of the same people. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to, to chat offline. <laughs> yes. So who's next? I, I guess I can go. I mean, otherwise I'm going to have to pick. Yeah. yeah well, I, all right. Well, we'll go from GE Aviation, you know, aircraft. And yeah, aviation. It's a, aviation, it's right. A, I was going to ask you so many questions when you said that, but that's later. I'll, later. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have some jam time on that. Um, that so, uh, God, my, so I tell people don't follow my track into cybersecurity because it's 90% <laughs> luck. I mean, it literally was a lot of luck. And, and I don't joke when I say I fell backwards into it. So, um, in 2001, we all know what happened, uh, you know, September 11th, and I lost my job that very day for some other thing that I could not help. Um, and then uh, I was like, you know what, this, I'll follow reality. It wants me to go into the Air Force. So I went to the Air Force because I've always had a thing for aircraft, went into avionics, um, uh, which is troubleshooting radar systems and uh, communication navigation systems. Absolutely thought it, on paper, it looked amazing. Joined the Air Force, loved my job. Um, well, let me get this right. Okay, I love the work, hated the job. And if you've ever been in something like that, you would understand. And, that, and that's what it was. I love troubleshooting the systems. I love the challenge, the challenges that it gave me. Um, like you, Nicole, I had my grandfather's 16 megahertz computer when I was a kid and nobody knew what to do with it except for me. And I, I picked it up quickly. It was just very technically capable. It, it was very odd that it, it just seemed to work. It the way communications work with DOS shell and DOS, it made sense. Like for some reason, my brain, it made sense. And I couldn't communicate for shit with normal people, but hey, I could talk to a computer. Um, and so, you know, I go into the Air Force, I'm troubleshooting stuff uh, beyond some other people because I actually got into the programming language of 1553 and stuff like that. Um, and then I section, and, and I know it's kind of weird to do a shout out, but uh, Hack5 back in the day kind of got me into a lot of the hacking stuff. Because I was like, what is this? You know, how does this work? What, how do you think sideways at this stuff? And that got me really far into looking at uh, Kali Linux or Backtrack at the time, seeing how it worked. Uh, but I was still in the Air Force, still an aircraft mechanic. And then uh, I decided to go straight Linux for a year. You know, I, I took all my stuff and went straight Linux. That taught me a lot of things. Uh, and I ended up on a deployment, once again, by luck. I ended up on a deployment with the Army to be a customs inspector. And it was a simple job, like everyone else, they hated it. But for me, being an aircraft mechanic, it was the first time I actually had any time off. I know that sounds weird, but when you're working 12 hour shifts for six months straight and you go on a deployment where you're working three or four hours a day, you're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. So uh, it got to the point where I was looking at bulletins and they had a thing that said, you know, Security Plus course, CCNA course. And the other one was white hat hacking. So I signed up for all three, got all three certs like right out the gate. Um, I was head of the class in two of them and the general gave me an award and I was like, I'm, this might actually be something I could be good at. 
Um, so I started applying uh, the techniques, pen testing, vulnerabilities, just checking to see how things work, how you can get into a network. And I started doing that with aircraft and I found some things that are not grepping correctly. Um, and then I put together a talk while I was still active duty because uh, I retired in January. Um, I put together a talk about hacking aircraft avionics systems. And this is a very thin ice thing. I had to be real careful not to specifically call out systems or networks and things like that. So I gave that talk at Wild West Hack and Fest. And that's, I, I talked to Ushi on Twitter about it and talked her to coming out to it. Um, and I was like, this conference, the first few years, it was amazing because it's a small conference, big names show up. It's 1,200 people and less. And it's so much fun. It's a, it's, it's a hacking conference that is the core of a hacking conference. You know, it's hanging out with people, getting drunk, doing CTFs going through all the talks and you meet some wonderful people. Um, I think Ed Scotus and Dave Kennedy were two people I got to hang out with and uh, uh, Jeff Mann. And if it wasn't for um, Pesci, Larry Pesci, I wouldn't even have given my talk. I spoke with him at Wild West Hackenfest about my ideas of what I've been doing. And he's like, this needs to be a talk. I want to see it. I was like, okay, all right. And he goes, no, promise me next year, you're going to submit it. I'm like, all right, I will, I will. And then John Strand had this like beginner's, talk for people that have never commit submitted a talk before. Um, and I did that and gave my talk. Uh, I was nervous as hell. So I did two shots of whiskey, went on stage and, um, and you rocked of, it. Well, I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, I actually didn't even really stick to the slides because it ended up being a back and forth with the audience. And we were, I, I was just answering questions um, and doing my best not to go over too far. <laughs> uh, and because of that, I got to take that talk to DEF CON. So I spoke at DEF CON last year. Uh, at the uh, uh, aviation village. And um, it was really great getting to do that. I had to record it prior. And then I went and I realized I wasn't going to give it. I was like, all right, well, I'm here. And so they played it in the video and I'm like, all right, everybody, I'm right here. If you have questions, let's go. Um, and what was really amazing was seeing the stuff that I had talked about a year prior, they were doing it there. They were actually pen testing avionics bus systems. And I was excited to see this. Like, this is, this is what I want. I wanted to pull hackers into this. I wanted to meet them halfway and go, here's the problems. Go at it. Go fix it. Um, I did almost get arrested. Uh, and it was because I went back to work. I was still active duty when I gave the talk. I went back to work and they go, that's a B1 avionics bus system. I go, no, it's not. Well, the one you drew is. I go, no, no, no. It has elements from it. But that, that network does not exist anywhere. I put a generic network up there, including stuff from different experiences, because I worked on civilian aircraft as well. And then, and, you know, so, yeah, it's been a little bit of a bumpy road. Um, then I retired in January. Uh, I actually got out early because a friend of ours, uh, Larissa Bretton, who owns Full Circle Solutions, uh, she hired me on in this SkillBridge program. Amazing, amazing work. I had a lot of fun doing that. Um, and once again, I, I, I'm just lucky. I'm lucky to know you guys. I'm lucky to get into cybersecurity. It feels like that's where I'm, I'm headed. You know, I'm just being pulled that direction. So I'm enjoying it. Um, and now I work for a data analytics company. I may give the name later. I mean, it's easy to find on my thread if you want to find it. I just, I don't know how drunk and what kind of shit I'm going to say. So I'm, <laughs> gonna, so I'm, gonna, I'm gonna hold that back for a little bit. We'll see how this all goes. But um, I am a, I love this title. I am a... Uh, Data Science Systems Administrator. Uh, and most of our stuff is built off of R. And so I build the full stack inside of different environments. Uh, 
basically they're like, okay, we need to do this. Can you deploy it? And the, you know, we need to deploy it on a calculator or on somebody's wristwatch. Can you do it? I'm like, mm, let's, let's, let's do it. And I love this stuff. I told you guys, you know, I love a good challenge. I don't mind being called at two in the morning. Somebody goes, we need to get this deployed in three hours go. I'm like, yeah, because <laughs> the military kind of messed me up a little bit. So I'm all about this stuff. Um, and so I get to be that person. I absolutely enjoy it. Uh, and it. And I'm building our cybersecurity policy and our government policies. Uh, I have done spaces on Twitter. I, I don't know if you've done a lot of Twitter spaces. I've been basically hanging out there every day. Um, I've been helping people out with government policy on Twitter spaces just for free. Uh, so I'm more familiar with it and with the speech and stuff with small businesses. Um, so, you know, if, if you see me on Twitter at the box swapper and I'm in a space, I'm typically either, uh, helping people with personal cybersecurity, or I'm helping out some people with, uh, the binding ordinance directive of 22 from the CISA stuff, you know, just, just helping people out. Cause I, I, the way I look at it is, you know, we're all part of the network when it comes to national defense. And my heart has always been there. I mean, that's why I did 20 years. Uh, and and if we can help each other out to be stronger in that, we're stronger as a nation. So um, if you guys hit me up on that, I'm more than happy to help, you know, basic cybersecurity checkbox, compliance, things like that. I'm, I'm always doing that stuff, but that's, that's pretty much where I am. Nice. Yeah. I'm so happy that Nick convinced me to go out and do, um, to, to attend Wild West Hacking Fest. It was um, the year before the pandemic and uh, right it was, yeah, 20, it was, it was yeah, 2018. It was the, yeah, it was the year before. Yeah. Um, so Wild West Hackenfest was the first one to go remote, full remote, because it happened yes. right before the next one. Yeah. Yeah. So it was 2019. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. 2019. That one, whatever that one was. That's right. Whatever that <laughs> one was. I know the last two years, three years have been such a blur, but that was so much fun. I really, and like, I tell everybody the same thing that Nick said. So totally plus one. That's a great conference to get into. Um, I was super, super stoked that they had accepted my talk for last year. And I did get to speak virtually. Unfortunately, they did make the decision, um, you know, not too long, you know, a few weeks before whatever that they were seeing a spike in cases. And they, you know, the, the town that Wild West Hackenfest takes place in is Deadwood, South Dakota, um, which Nick can share if he wants to his connection to there, but um, oh no no I, I live there and it's it's on my Twitter I got a PO box there I'm like if people okay. want to send me shit go ahead yeah so box. yeah and it's it's a it's a really cool little town and um and so they didn't want to over like you know overrun this place and and potentially um you know get people in the, in the town sick so I totally totally respect that I respected it when it happened I was all kinds of sad for like days. I remember like just saying to Steve, like, I'm so sad. We don't get to go. So many of our friends were going to be there. People like the first year that I went to, to Wild West Hackenfest, I knew Nick and that was it. And Nick was volunteering. So it wasn't like I had Nick to cling to, you know, and I went there completely not knowing anyone. And, um, and the last night I got to get on stage with dual, uh, dual core. I mean, I didn't know who they were at the time because that was my very first conference was, was oh, that he's got one a with... black badge. So he's going to go to every wild West hack and fest, no matter what he earned and the black badge fellow... the very first year. Yeah. He's a fellow Ohioan. Just so you know. There oh you yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> so cool. 
Yeah. Our, I'm sorry, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt their music, but yeah, no, it was just, it was really great. And uh, I'm so, I'm so thankful that like, I feel like just that little bit really kind of opened up. I got to meet, um, I got to meet Dave Kennedy. I got to meet so many different people that were there. And like Nick mentioned, it's such a small little conference that, um, you know, you really can actually meet the the speakers and they do have a lot of big names that show up. And it was a lot of fun just to meet everybody. And everybody was so much fun and so gracious. And, you know, we had, we had so much fun. I met so many amazing people from all over the country that like, it was just awesome. But yeah, anyways. Crammed into our so, town that cannot accommodate all of them, which is even, even makes it even more fun. Right. And, well, and almost like anyone you see walking around town is a hacker. Like you can tell. Yeah. You can tell, <laughs> you can tell who was a normal Midwest rancher and who was a hacker. It's pretty it obvious. Really, really good. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, last but not least. We love you, Steve. Steve, why don't you tell us some, some stuff about you? Oh, Aww. very cool. So I got into a lot of trouble when I was a kid for many reasons. Uh, one of them being that I used to take everything apart I could get my hands on. Um, more notably, a television, uh, my mom's friend's watch. Um, that was a little anxiety inducing for her uh, and her friend. Um, but, <laughs> Not for Steve, but for her and her friend. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I've always just been really fascinated. Like, if, if you said, hey, you want to see how Q-tips are made? A thousand percent, I'm totally engaged. I want to know. Um, and so um, I kind of had computers introduced to me in different ways throughout the years. Um, grew up poor. We didn't have any money. Um, a friend of the family gave us their old Commodore 64. Um, and I banged around on that for a little bit. Um, when I was younger, we did programming in a science class, which was fucking awesome. I loved <laughs> it. And which is funny because, uh, as an older person programming, um, always seemed very daunting to me. Like I was like, all right, cool. That's above me, whatever. I accept that, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, just, it just, it just started being this trend of like, my interests were revolving around computers and stuff. And, um, and I was working as a machinist, not getting anywhere. Um, I had fun. I really liked learning about machining and troubleshooting and stuff. Um, and still like, if I had the time today, I would probably still do some of it. Um, but I wasn't going anywhere there. And um, I spent all of my time standing at my machine, listening to like, old audio from like DEF CON and Black Hat and all this other stuff and just found it absolutely fascinating. Um, got my hands on a Backtrack 2 DVD or CD. It was probably a CD back then. Um, and it all kind of, depending on your perspective, went down or uphill from there. Um, and then <laughs> I, I had, uh, after a few years, I was a little slower than that. Oh, are you getting echo? I was a little bit. I am in the middle of a hailstorm. Sorry about that. Uh, oh. um, 
so yeah, I was uh, a few years behind Nick in my um, decision to go into the military. Uh, I figured I wasn't getting anywhere in life and the military would uh, offer me some opportunities. And I was smart. I did my research. I didn't just go to a recruiter and say, I need a job. I specifically showed up and said, this is the MOS I want. Either you have something or I'm walking away. Um, and had a lot of fun doing like tactical comm stuff in like artillery units. And, um, and then eventually moved into like cyber and um, doing some really cool stuff with cyber operations. Um, yeah, that's been the, the military while it's, it's been a long, uh, a long journey, um, far surpassed the, the opportunities I expected from it. Um, and that was, I'll try not to give out too much information. Uh, I did not go active. I was an adult. I had kids and a mortgage, uh, when I enlisted and I'm like, if I don't like it, I don't want to, I don't want to be stuck. Um, so it turns out with the nasty guard, if you like it enough, you can go active. You just can't go the other way until your contract ends. So I went nasty guard and it worked out well. I, uh, I ended up working, getting a bunch of different, uh, experiences from different industries, um, working in it. Um, my background actually, I guess to kind of back up a little bit, my background is, is heavily system administration professionally. And then the security stuff has just been a hobby. And then um, I got sick of the, the, the cycle that is system administration, just like patching until things even out and then Black Tuesday comes around and then it gets shit canned. So I said, fuck that. I want to do security full time. And um, somehow I'm managing to, uh, to get it done. So I want to point out two things about both Nick and Steve. Both these guys have, like, they do not seem to recognize how smart they are. I think it's so funny. Oh, yeah. For those who can't see Nick shaking his head, um, he's shaking his head at me and now he's drinking <laughs> because he's got to cover his face because he's too embarrassed. But both of these guys are wicked smart, right? Like Nick constantly i the when we first started and nick said he was in cybersecurity, i kind of wanted to interrupt him and be like i can't believe you said it because for the longest time so we actually nick and i did a an, an episode together before nick started um co-hosting with me we did an episode together where we drank lagavulin and uh, i did not like i do not like to drink my smoke i prefer to eat it i, I like to drink my smoke okay yeah, you do. And we actually just gave away. So when, when Steve and I moved in together and we combined our collective whiskey collections, we each had a three quarter full bottle of Lagavulin because neither one of us liked it. <laughs> and, uh, and so we had somebody over not too long ago who really likes smoky um, uh, peated whiskeys. And so we were like, here, have a, have a bottle to go. And they were like, no, 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 I can't take it. And I was like, we don't want it, but yeah, <laughs> so funny. So yeah, we, uh, so we had that episode together, which was so much fun. We talked and rambled forever. And, um, and I tend not to, 
Um, I don't like to edit because I'm lazy and I don't want to learn how to. So I generally- <laughs> I, I actually look at it the fact that you enjoy presenting the natural genre of really communication do. in intercourse. That's all. I, I and really I didn't say intercourse. It, it is. It, <laughs> it works out that way because I really feel like, um, I feel like when you edit- P there are some really good editors out there. I did something recently with, um, with Elle um, and she, her editing skills are amazing. So if Elle ever invites you to do something, know she's going to show you in your best light and she has amazing editing skills. Um, but yeah, I like it. I like, I want people to feel like they're here with us and hanging out with us and, and we're not, you know, we're not scripted and we're not perfect and, you know, no one else is. So, but yeah. Um, so, but both, I will say both Nick and Steve, um, they definitely downplay just how smart they are. Um, but both of them are ridiculously smart. And I think that goes yes. for anybody who chooses to be self-taught. If you have a, a thirst for knowledge, you're just you're just naturally going to be so intelligent because you've got all that knowledge in your head. And, um, and I just love both of you so much because you guys do not present that you act like you're not this, you're like, you're not the smartest person in the room. Um, but honestly, both of them are so smart. And Steve constantly tells me how to get out of him. And like, <laughs> I've said, I, like I say it as a joke, but like, there's been so many things that Steve has been able to teach me. And as long as we're not trying to code together, usually it's, it's pretty good, <laughs> but that's only because I get frustrated when I can't oh. immediately pick up okay, on something. So now Nicole, you, you might agree with me. We need a story about them. I, I was just going to ask you. We need so, that. Yep. We absolutely need that. Which story? <laughs> a story about you two trying to code together. Yeah, it's a very um, short story. It's what? It's a very short story. You know it, what? I'm gonna let Steve tell that story. And then somebody gets pissed and is like, "Never mind, fuck it." <laughs> I just yes. I get frustrated <laughs> when I can't get something right away, and like Steve is Steve is very methodical. He's very like he thinks about what he's going to do. He devises a plan and then he puts that into action like i'm gonna i'm gonna pull a, a a phrase from nick and say i'm just a stupid cop i just want to get shit done i don't care how ghetto my code looks i don't care <laughs> if i rewrite and copy and paste the same code 20 times in my script i don't care if at the end of the day it makes sense to me and it works I really don't care. I just yeah, want to with it you work. on that, by the way, as long as it functions, like it right? looks like you threw jello against the wall until it stuck. I go, yes, but it yes. stuck. As <laughs> long as it's stuck. That's all I care about. I just like, so I'll be like, Steve, I needed to do this task. And because Steve is a legitimate programmer, um, he didn't mention <laughs> that portion that he actually did do DevOps. Um, so like Steve actually knows how to code where I know how to copy and paste other people's code and I kind of know what for loops should look like. Like that's programming. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> that ever wrote code has, uh, no, I can't say nobody. Anybody these days that tells you they don't use Stack Overflow, they're full of shit. But here's, here's the deal. So like we, there are real coders still alive. The people that were coding shit before the internet. 
Yeah. Think about oh, yeah. those guys. Yeah, yeah. So my They're son, still alive. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a my bonus dad is he was coding back COBOL back when that was like yeah. new. <laughs> and there's a we we have a my mom has this um kind of like shadow box thing from when he retired and it's like a picture of him like super young and um you know and they're whatever they're doing you know and it's got a thing that talks about COBOL and um and it's so funny because like when I was growing up I used to be like this is like the most boring job possible I don't I don't know what's going on <laughs> You just like walked across the room and then made some noise and my monitor's in the way. So I don't know what he's doing. He's not on the floor. So I'll assume he's okay. Um, but yeah, so like my, my bonus dad, when I was about eight, he wanted to like, you know, like all dads do, he wanted to kind of show me what his job was. And, um, and, and so he, there was two things he did wrong. Number one, he tried to teach me binary at eight. And I, mm. I was not of the mind frame to accept that oh, knowledge. Binary. That's like wow. my best friend. I love binary. So I like well, it I, now. I use, I use binary to take decimal and change it to hex. I use binary as that in between. That's the only mm -hmm. reason why I use binary. And I had to use it in the Air Force with uh, aircraft avionics because uh, aircraft avionics are in hex. And then I had to change it to decimal. So I'd use binary as that step between because it was easier. But that's it. That's the only time I touch binary. <laughs> I use a calculator online. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, he tried to teach me binary and that was a fail. And then he was trying to show me like what, how he would code. And like, I remember sitting there that's not fun for kids, by the way, anyone who's listening. Um, and Michael, if you're listening, that's not fun for little kids. But anyway, so I sat next to him as he was on his computer. And then I like watched him for like, like 10 minutes on a DOS prompt doing this. And then he made something turn blue. And I was like, are you, are you kidding me? This is your job. And I thought you poor man. No wonder you drink scotch. Like you poor man. And I get actually get the scotch more now, but yeah, like, and it's so funny. So now that I am in this, you know, this uh, career field and we have so much more in common and, and like can really like, um, you know, he can really relate. He doesn't, he's been retired now for at least 10 years and um, so like, you know, Python was not like all the rage back when he retired. So like the, the coding, the coding programs that we use now aren't what he used, but like, yeah, totally. I remember when I was at his, this was the point ADHD just came back. So, um, when he was okay. retiring, one of his friends got up and she said, she said, you know what? She says, Michael is the only person I know that would take home the manual because they didn't have stack overflow he would take the programming manuals home and she goes and he would read them and he <laughs> would come back and be like did you guys know we could do this and i thought so when i started learning how to code i was like i just i couldn't believe that like he coded during a time that like you either knew it or you didn't RTFM was a real thing back then. Yeah. RTFM? Read the fucking manual. Oh, really? I was thinking Red Team Field Manual. I don't no, no, I, I do have right. Red Team Field Manual. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I do say that a lot because um, I do try to 
you know, politicize myself and be nice when I'm talking to customers, but I have been known to cuss a little bit and say, yeah, I just <laughs> RTFM'd and I found this. And they're like, what's that mean? I'm like, read the, f-. Oh, they go, oh, like, oh, yeah. But yeah, RTFM, read the fucking manual. Um, yeah, there was but, no GitHub. But we have that. We have that now that right? we didn't have before. You know what I mean? Like all the bull BS. So I'm dealing a lot with um, containers right now. Like oh. I'm, I'm living in container world, trying to build an entire thing that fits in. It's round and I'm trying to fit it in a square hole. I'll get there. I'm getting there. So I'm making custom Docker files and stuff like that. But if it wasn't for GitHub, I'd be totally lost because I can pull the original Docker file and then adjust it and then get pull and then build off of that. And I, I can't even imagine what it was like back then when you, right. you would have to read through a book and re, and like just build everything from scratch. And hope you can figure it out based on that book because it's not like the book goes, oh, I'm doing X, Z, Y, and H. Right. Like, and I, and that's not working. <laughs> like, right. Like that. I can't even imagine. That's crazy. I just got pulled into Kubernetes recently. I can't even like, that's one of those things. There's, I, I hate it. I'm as sorry. long as you have a key, you'll be okay. The key <laughs> is the key. That's all it is. You have the key. It accesses Kubernetes. You're good. Hey, it did what I needed I to stand my tool up. And I was like, I passed it off and I'm like, here you go. I'm good. No more. Cheers. I'm done. <laughs> I think the theme of today's episode is we all do things using some kind of like backwoods programming. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, really I that. well, I, at least prayers. I can admit it. Yeah. So if you guys, if it makes you feel any better, I have at one point in time riveted Coca-Cola cans inside out on the skin of an aircraft of patch bullet holes. So what do you mean riveted? Riveted? Yeah, use a rivet or rivet gun where you you pull the metal through and then you pop it. Yeah. I've done that. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. But I've done that. (laughs) But I've done that. I've done that with Coke cans with bullet holes on an aircraft skin in order for them to have a seal. But you put KY jelly on the inside. And then it keeps. So I'm just saying, IRL, I've done the bullshit that we do programming. It, so is that like it. standard issue in your toolkit? KY jelly to a KY jelly? Uh, yeah, the NSN man. is like, uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Asking the real question. It's We're actually Vaseline. Right, right. Vaseline does yes, have an NSN, still... Steve. Steve, yes, Vaseline does. An yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. It was Vaseline. There, you know, there's, and there are rumors that there is an NSN for Coke. No, there's there's an NSN okay. for Coors Light. I did find that one. Really? A what? Yeah. An NS? NSN. It's a national stock number to order stuff through uh, the, the military stuff. You can order Coors Light. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So is Jack Daniels. Because if you... So what um, you're saying is that the military um, will allow you to, like, get the Rockies cold or whatever it is, right? Of course. <laughs> exactly. Well, there's, yeah. is, there's also one for Jack Daniels. Cause if you, if you deal with, um, so this My is, people. this is shop talk. So if you guys <laughs> want to hear it. So, uh, if you work on KC 135s, it doesn't have hydraulic is, fluid. Just it, tell people it, what, what's a, KC 135. What's a it's a aerial refueler jet. Gotcha. So it so it's has a plane that refuels jets. Yep. It has sky draw instead of hydraulic fluid. 
if you ingest Skydrol or it gets into your blood, you have to drink alcohol to offset it or you will die. And so because of that, we have, yeah, we have Jack Daniels as an NSN in our safety locker for KC 135s for that reason. Skydrol will kill you if you don't ingest alcohol right away. Does that happen a lot that people are just ingesting Skydrol? Like, how does that happen? No great comment. education to get in the military. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this think... one time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Nick, have you ever ingested Skydrol? No, I didn't work on KC-135. So Skydrol? Is it like S-K-Y-D-R-O-L? Yeah, yeah. Skydrol. It's like hydraulic, D-R-A-U-L-I-C. Hydraulic. So Skydrol. Skydrol. Yeah. Yeah. Skydrol. Okay. So, so can I'm I just, just say... Back in the day when you were giving your talk uh, on all the fun stuff you just you just discussed, I was working at GE Aviation and like we saw your talk come up and we're like, shit, what aircraft is he talking about? Like, oh, that's what so system cool. is he talking about? And I remember messaging you and being like, so can you give me details? <laughs> and you're like, it was nope. <laughs> It was generic. I had to be careful. I had to be careful. Um, So I I honestly created the entire talks to be in generic as hell for that reason. Um, I didn't want people to, I I honestly got approached by bad people that want to do bad things on multiple occasions. And I do not want that to happen. That was the whole point. The point of the talk was to get hackers involved in order to bolster these systems to make them stronger. So it was a genetic, it was a generic, genetic, whatever. It was a generic overlay of this is what it looks like. And Nicole, I appreciate that. I did not realize that my reach was that far. Um, <laughs> oh, it was. Well, that explains why I can't get work in aviation because I tried and I got turned down multiple times. <laughs> and I don't think that you give yourself enough credit to Ushi's point because after your talk, there was another DEF CON talk by a group of individuals um, that we'll discuss offline. No, 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 <laughs> but, that's fine. I, I hope they like, fix it. That's all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nick is such a good person. Like Nick legitimately is like, I want you to fix these, these yeah. issues. And, you know, I, I really... I admire that. I admire people yes. who really just, I admire all of our hacker community who are out there just saying like, I want to help fix, fix things and make it, you know, more secure. And that is definitely Nick, but definitely Nick needs to give himself some more credit because you know, I'm, oh, you know what my favorite thing? I don't know if I told you this, Nick, <laughs> the coolest thing to date was when Steve said to me, Steve and I had first, had just started dating. Like we'd been dating maybe a month or two and he had gone to a training and he was talking to this guy and the guy was like, he, they were talking about, I think it was avionics, right? You were talking about um, avionics hacking. And this guy says to Steve, he doesn't know anything. He does not know that Steve and I are dating. He doesn't know, like I'm his girlfriend. He's just like, oh yeah. There was this guy, I was just listening to this podcast not too long ago, InfoSec Whiskey, and they had this guy, Nick, on there, and he was talking about avionics hacking. Let me tell you what, Nick. Yes. I was like, are you kidding me? 
that that came full circle to Steve, like that some random person that, you know, Steve did a training with was like, oh yeah, like they're talking about this, this discussion. And this person was like, oh yeah, I just was listening to this podcast with this guy, Nick, box swapper, Nick talking about this really <laughs> cool, interesting shit. And so, yeah, I think. And that's the I think whole point. I just want to get people excited about it. Um, if we can pull hackers into that space, because I, I, I just wanted to present it to the, say, Hey guys, the, the documentation is out there. You can learn how to do this. You can learn how to hack aircraft and you can learn how to fix these problems. Um, and, and I got so annoyed. I'm not going to tell you the name of the company, but somebody actually produced a fucking blinking box that says, Oh, if you get hacked, this light comes on. I was like, Oh, that is not what this is because yeah, there's a, there's a whole thing. I remember that. Yeah. I actually wrote them a big, long scathing email and I went on for hours. I like, Oh God, I put this whole essay together. I was like, fuck off. This is not what's going to fix the problem. I get it. You're trying to sell stuff. Uh, Yeah. And and the whole point is, so let me start over. I'm a little drunk. Okay. So (laughs) cheers. the thing is all of the, all data bus systems go to a maintenance computer. All you have to do is put a code in there that tells maintainers when an aircraft is hacked. That's all you got to do. And so when the aircraft lands, they get their output because they always get their output. They get their output and they go, oh shit, this is odd. This is, it shouldn't be happening. And then they can work from there. That's all you have to do. You have to put additional codes, a little bit of software, and you're done. Everybody's trying to sell this big blinky box for $2 million. It's not going to fix the problem. All you got to do is tell weird fuckers like me when an aircraft is hacked because the maintainers know how to read codes. They know how to take the codes apart. And it, it, it drove me nuts. What's that? But blinky box. Oh, fuck the blinky box. You know that. Anybody, <laughs> anybody from from like the, the mail delivery guy to the CEO knows what red blinky light means. That needs to be a sticker. Fuck the blinky box. Fuck the blinky <laughs> right? box. That'll be yeah. our stickers. <laughs> I think sorry, it should be yeah. but the blinky box. But Nicole, I'm really happy to know that because that was the whole point. The whole point of my talk was not to cause panic. It was to get hackers involved in avionic systems before something bad happened. And, and that you was did. The, that was my and whole thing. I, I'm, I truly believe that you and what you started is the reason we have the um, aerospace village now at DEF CON. It's probably also why I can't get a job in aerospace anymore. I don't think that's Start it. an aerospace <laughs> company and hire you. Screw aerospace. Well, I'm not not worried about it. Actually, (laughs) like I said, I love my job in data analytics. It's incredibly challenging. Um, It's completely different than anything I've ever done before. Um, And it's it's a lot of fun. It really is. So I was was laughing earlier because, Steve, when you were telling the story about Ushi saying, you know, just fuck it. Um, it brought back so many memories, uh, of hanging out in person Ah, and I just have to know if you have ever seen the eyebrow raise. I can't even do it. The eyebrow raise and her like snap her head. Multiple (laughs) times. Let me tell you (laughs) when I saw that (laughs) 
she giggles like when she's really pissed she giggles and then you see that eyebrow raise and then she had a pin in her hand the time I saw it and she was telling some guy off and she was like let me tell you motherfucker (laughs) and I just I lost it and I just I I missed you so much I love that (laughs) I distinctly remember uh one time (laughs) it was one of the first times I've I've since I feel like I've since dialed it back a little bit um but I was like wow you guys need like you need to put your stuff in get you need to build like some libraries with all this code and she's like no I just need to fucking make x do y (laughs) (laughs) this bitch was like you need to make libraries I was like no I need to make my shit go out to the API, grab the shit, put it back and do what I want. Like, I feel like what I'm asking is not hard. (laughs) And it's not, it's just that it doesn't want to do it. Right. See, there's that face. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so funny. You know, it's like, what's so funny. I remember sitting around the campfire um, for, for, for the 90, 8% of the world who's never been to an NCFI training. Um, They put you up in hotels around town. And I, I, I maintain to this day that I think that NCFI is the reason Hoover, Alabama is continues to be so big because like, I mean, they do a ton of every, every week there's multiple classes going on. Um, They, they keep the hotel industry like in yeah, going. And where we were staying every night, everybody would come down um, because, you know, cops are cheap and broke because they don't get paid anything. And so we would all come downstairs for happy hour at our hotel. And it was, it was literally like an hour, two hours, something like that. And um, they would always leave it out a little bit longer for us. Um, They would do beer and wine, and then they would like roll the the um the beer kegs away but every so often we'd we'd grab an extra bottle of wine and uh, and we would sit downstairs around this fire pit and we would just have this these wonderful discussions and i remember one of the guys said one time i was just sitting listening just you know kind of taking it all in what everybody was talking about and i remember one of the guys saying something to the effect of like you know, Ursula's kind of scary because you can't really tell if she agrees with you or wants to stab you. <laughs> and I remember being like, yes. oh, that's funny. I was just sitting here <laughs> listening, but sure, it's probably true. Well, this has been so much fun. Oh my gosh. Um, I can't wait to do it like the next, the next episode. I'm already excited. Um, since we talked a lot about kind of, um, getting into cybersecurity and our paths, um, I, I definitely want to kind of like, um, showcase the fact that every single one of us came from different backgrounds. Um, even like Nicole and I, who are both from law enforcement and Nick and Steve, who are both military backgrounds, which I totally did not get when I was like, these are the people I want to do stuff it with. It is all <laughs> planned. But right, it's not. <laughs> Nothing I do is planned. I don't know what I'm going to do in five minutes. 
I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. But it was, it's kind of cool that even though we, we on paper might look like we came from similar backgrounds, we did not, none of us came from similar backgrounds. And um, so I, I think that's one thing just to kind of point out to people. And, and I also would like to point out to people that it doesn't matter where you started from, like you could have started last week, or you could have started 20 years ago, no matter where you started from, the resources are out there now for you to figure it out. You don't have to take part your computer. If you want to, I'll let you make that decision, but you don't have to take apart your computer. You can learn how to do things. You can, you can bring yourself up to speed. You can do any projects that you want to. And like, that's one of the really awesome things about Steve is that like, he is up for any cockamamie project that I want to do. So like, I think in our future is some kind of weird watering system for our um, garden that's going in with a raspberry pie project. Um, we may do some kind of YouTube something or another with that, but like, um, I think that it's it's cool that we all came from different places and yet, you know, here we are and and we're all kind of in similar places in our careers. Some are a little bit further ahead, some aren't, but we all have very similar um, knowledge bases, just maybe in different um, different things. So what I want to do before we end is I'd like for each person to give kind of their um, advice to the to the newcomer, somebody that's coming new into this space. And, uh, and what would you like, what advice would you give to them so that they could be most successful? Nick, why don't you go first? Oh, I'm, I'm not the person to, to like give good advice. Uh, but I will give this advice. Um, you need to have a passion for it. Cybersecurity will, will ring you out and rub you raw when it comes to a cert or anything else. If you don't have a passion for it, and it's just a job and you're doing it because, Ooh, I get high money. It's a six figure income. You're mm -hmm. fucked. I'm just saying you're, you're going to be fucked. Uh, Do you you're going to hate your life. Everything though, or just cybersecurity. I think, I, I think it is with more. everything. I mean, uh, I, I do the job that I do because I love it. And, and, and we had this conversation before we started recording, I could walk away from my job right now, but the thing is I enjoy the challenge. I enjoy what they give me. Um, and it's not money. It has nothing to do with the monetary value. It has to do with the challenge. It has to do with me learning a whole new infrastructure of stuff that I've never done before. And I think a lot of hackers have to have that attitude. You, you kind of have that weird sideways thinking, building something out of nothing. Um, and I'm not, you know, uh, if, you know, you can do okay if you come into it for the money, but you're going to do even better if you come into it because it's your passion. So if you have somebody that comes into it because it's their passion, um, what would you say to them? What would you tell them? Welcome. Here's this box. Open it up and see if you can break it. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's if, if somebody came up to me and said, I want to be a hacker, I was like, cool. Uh, here's this device. I want you to break it. See what you can do to make it work outside right. of its normal boundaries. Yeah. yeah. And show me how you broke it. Um, and yeah. I'm sorry, I have a piece of advice to go along with that um work will always be there tomorrow that's something that took me so long to understand like the work will be there tomorrow you don't need to you know miss time with family um because of a job 
And if I could, because I have a good segue there, is I cannot agree more. I am a huge proponent of a good work-life balance. I think that everyone deserves a work a good work-life balance. I think that everyone deserves to get up every day and enjoy going to work and also working for a place that supports that. And I've been very lucky um, in my last two jobs. Um, I, for, if you've never listened to another episode, you're still surprised because I've actually never said I worked for Harris before publicly. Um, and only because I never, um, I just, at the time when I worked for them, I, I didn't know how dumb I would be online and I didn't want to embarrass anyone. Um, but like, I will say that I think work-life balance is so important. And I've been lucky that like both places that I've worked in InfoSec, which was Harris and now Mandiant. Um, I mean, I did forensics before that, but <laughs> the last two places, there's a reason I'm not picking, bringing that place up. Um, the last two places that I've worked, I've had amazing work-life balance and my, my bosses have been very, um, like, they've been very on board with making sure that all of their people had good work-life balance. And I think that's so important. So my piece of advice is as you, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> as you go through, um, you know, whether you're trying to move up in cybersecurity, whether you're trying to get into cybersecurity, I always say, do whatever you have to do to get in, get your foot in the door, do what you need to do um, within what you what you're okay with. Obviously, don't you know? Don't sell your sell your soul to the devil. But once you get into cybersecurity and you have a little bit of wiggle room, I really recommend um, really finding out what the work life um, culture is like in wherever you go. Um, I'm constantly hit up by recruiters on LinkedIn. I think it's probably just because I was lucky enough to get into a, a company like Mandiant and that holds some clout. But like, I always say to them, like, I have a wonderful place at Mandiant. They pay me well. I have equity. They have work-life balance. They let me work my schedule as I need to, 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 you know, deal with the, um, you know, the raising a, a special needs kid. They're just really great about like whatever you need to do. And, um, and I think that like everybody deserves that everybody deserves a good work-life balance. Anyways, I'll get off my, my soapbox. I think everybody should make sure that wherever they work has good work-life balance. And if you don't have a job or you're trying to get into it and you have to do what you need to do to get into it, I totally get that. Um, if you're not in a place with good work-life balance, start trying to find one because they're out there. And I feel like it's like anything else, um, we have to demand it and we have to make it a priority for everybody. And wherever you're working, if you don't demand that you get treated the way that you deserve to be treated, then they're not going to treat you that way. And they're not going to treat the next person that way. And if you leave a, if you leave a job because of a shitty work-life balance and you say to them, I'm leaving here because of a shitty work-life balance, they're going to understand maybe they won't do anything about it in the future, but that's okay. Cause you're going to be in a better place. So, yep. so I agree 100% with all of that. Uh, so I have a couple things that I'm going to add on to that one. Uh, work-life balance is huge, and I wish that I would have understood that when I first got into this. Um, but secondly, know your worth, 
and don't let somebody underpay you, uh, yes. give you crappy benefits, like it's understand your women. Yes. Do not let somebody underpay you. Yeah. And if you need help with that, uh, we will gladly help you with that. Yes. Um, but along the lines of the work-life balance, yes, know your worth, but also understand that there are sharks for companies out there that will promise you, um, you know, 500,000 to a million dollars, but you're going to be on call 24 seven, 365, and you are not going to have a work-life balance. And so you really need to dive into what a day in the life looks like at that company before you sign on. Um, so I, you know, we can go into that later because, um, you know, I'm sure you've gotten the job offers. Like you just said, you know, I've gotten some crazy job offers lately, but when you really dive into them, they're crap. It, it yep. sounds good, but they're crap. The second thing I will say to the new folks that are coming in, um, and, you know, I talk to all of our interns and, and every new person that I can get my hands on, I say the same thing to them. Just because you are new, just because you're the intern, just because you are the new person um, in the team does not mean that you do not belong at this table and that you still don't know your stuff. And some of the most brilliant ideas that have fixed the most complex problems have come from the new person who walked in the room from the outside and said, what about this? And everybody looks at them and goes, oh my God, why didn't we think of that? So speak for up. Just a moment, because I, this is really quick, but to, to no, what Steve ahead. said earlier about, he was wanting to get us to like use all of these, you know, fancy schmancy professional coding things and wanted us to create libraries that we could all reuse. We had, an, we had an intern who then got rehired. And so he's been with us just a short amount of time. And he came in and goes, I'm redoing everything. We need libraries and we need other things that, um, you know, Steve said we needed. And, <laughs> and, and I did say to Steve, like, kudos to you. Cause I was just like, I was over here like, listen, bitch, I'm not trying to rock the boat. I just want <laughs> X to equal Y. Can you just help me make X equal Y? I don't care about the rest of it. And we had this very smart kid who came in and did the exact, exactly what you're saying, Nicole, like the sometimes, and I had to learn that because I wasn't always the greatest person um, to some of our interns. And I, I did reach out to, to, to the one I felt like I was kind of shitty to and apologized because I realized later that there's a wealth of knowledge and people who are coming in with fresh eyes. So I'm sorry. I just wanted to, I, I wanted to kind of throw that out there. Like, yeah. Steve was over here telling me we need to do blah, 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 blah. And I was like, eh. and this kid is like, we need to do. And everybody was like, you're right. We need to do. And I'm over here. Like, I'm such a dumbass because Steve <laughs> was telling me to do this shit. But I was like, I don't really know how. Anyways. So yes, please yep. continue. Nope. I was at the end, but yeah. Uh, I, I, just, I think you're so right. When it comes, when it comes to new people, like I think I, I, I feel really bad um, for how I, I'm getting back. Is anyone else hearing background for me? No. I unmuted, that might've been me. Okay, um, it might've been Steve. Anyways, I, I, I felt bad and I reached out and I was like, listen, I, I really wanna apologize because I realized that, you know, I came from a law enforcement background and we were very much like, this is how we've always done it. And while I, 
eschew that mindset, I also realized that I had a lot of that inside of me and I had to get rid of that. I had to realize that like, just because somebody has, you know, just because somebody's 18 years old, 19 years old, just getting out of college, well, probably not at 18, 19, but you know, when you're, when you're starting to get out of college, you have a lot of ideas and you have a lot of thoughts and those are valid. And, and I will say this, if, if you meet someone like I was, who does not um, validate your ideas, um, stand up to them and challenge that because your voice is valid in whatever it is. Even if your voice is wrong, there's no reason that you should ever feel like you can't share something in your, in your work circle. You should be able to have your, um, you know, your ideas like considered. And, um, and and that's actually something I think I've learned at Mandiant. Um, I've learned that everybody's voice is valid and everybody has opinions. And I think you had said something, Nicole, about um, just kind of like the differences, like everybody has, everybody comes from a different perspective. And so I think it's so important to make sure that you put your thoughts and ideas out there, even if it's difficult, put them out there because there's like, I come from a weird law enforcement background. It may not be weird in this group of people, but like in most places, law enforcement isn't like your, your typical, like, oh yeah, that makes sense. You were a detective and now you work at man. Like that just, it doesn't, that's not, there's most people can't put those things together, but like, yeah, your, your, your voice is valid. And we have a very distinct way of dealing with things when we, and I had to turn that off when I went from law enforcement to the private sector, like, okay, I need to switch gears probably isn't corporate friendly. (laughs) Yeah. Well, when I, so when I went, when I left law enforcement, my, my wonderful friends, I'm using air quotes for those who aren't watching video joked that I needed to come with a, um, with like a, a, uh, a warning label. Thank you. And I, I did, I I did need to come with a warning label, but yeah, Nick wants to say something. If it makes you feel any better, I still do that to this day. I need to come (laughs) with a warning label. I have. Yeah. I, I cuss ridiculously. Uh, the adjectives need to fucking be there. That's all. Not even the cursing for me. I caused safety briefs is what Nicole's holding up. I love it. I love it. All right, you guys, we have, we have rambled on for about an hour and a half. Um, and it's been so much fun and I cannot tell you how excited I am to continue this with you guys. Um, but we're going to go ahead and and cut it because we have gone well over our hour. Um, Guys, check us out in another couple of weeks. We're going to have another awesome show for you. I have jotted down so many ideas that I already have. I'm really excited about this. Um, but anyways, thank you guys so much for joining us. And we'll see everybody on the next one. Yep. And in the future, we will cover cybersecurity news. We'll see what happens. We will talk about cybersecurity eventually. <laughs> eventually. You guys have a great night. Have a great night, everyone. <laughs>